0: Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host,
1: Caitlin. And welcome to our very last Resistance review for season one.
0: Woo! Well, we might do a recap, Caitlin.
1: Well, yeah. So I mean, it's like our <laughs> last
0: Sunday review, though. I know. It's really sad. I love this routine so much. I know. I'm just, I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss Kaz so
1: much. I know. <laughs> I'm going to miss Kaz and I'm going to miss the Colossus.
0: <laughs> I know. But at Celebration, hopefully we'll get more info. I'm. Yes. I'm like, I'm holding on to that because I know mm-hmm. that that's so soon. We'll get more there. But yeah, it was sad to say goodbye today.
1: It was really sad. It was like, I kept watching it thinking like, oh, next week I'm not going to have resistance to watch. (laughs) What am I going to do? (laughs) With With my my Sunday. (laughs) With my Sunday, if not watch resistance and then immediately talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) But this was the last episode of season one, the season one finale called No Escape, part two. It aired on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, and it was written by Brandon Alman and directed by Saul Ruez.
0: Woohoo. The duo is back.
1: Such the dynamic duo. duo. <laughs> um, so before we get started, just a casual reminder that we're going to be on the podcast stage. <laughs> oh my God. I'm getting so sick of
0: hearing us talk about this. I know.
1: I'm getting sick of hearing us talk about it, but I feel like we have to like put reminders. You know what I, I know. mean? I know. I <laughs> know. I know. You know. We all know. Anyway, we're going to be on the podcast stage Friday, April 12th at 12 o'clock. We're the very first – podcast on the podcast stage for celebration this year. So please come out and support us. Um, We would love to see you. I'll probably talk about Kaz. (laughs) It'll happen. We just put up our um, Force Awakens commentary for our Patreon and I was listening through some parts of it and it was like so much Kaz (laughs) I couldn't stop myself. (laughs) So if you want to hear about resistance – and Kaz, and The Force Awakens, you can check out our Patreon episode. So, (laughs) I just, like, I can't get away from Kaz. I can't stop talking about him. I mean, mood, though.
0: He's so good. He's just such a good good. boy. He's such a good boy.
1: (laughs) It's so great. I love him so much. Um, I want the world for him. I really, like, more than any other character, honestly, I just want the world for Kaz.
0: (laughs) We think our podcast stage appearance will be after the... Uh, episode nine panel so we may or may not be the first podcast to be able to discuss and react to whatever is revealed at the episode nine panel the title the trailer Mm-mm. Mm-mm. the poster Mm-mm. you know you know how it goes Mm-mm. yeah I know. <laughs> so that's probably what our discussion is going to be so mm-hmm. if you're you're probably going to want to squeal about it and you know Listen to someone talk about it and we will be those people. We will be those people for you. (laughs) So just, I I mean, the schedule's not out yet, but I do believe that that's how things are going to shake. Um, And that really makes me excited. So I hope to see you all there. And we have some really exciting things to give out. Caitlin and I are working really hard on bringing some fun giveaways and stickers and maybe a bingo card. (laughs) So we'll see.
1: You can finally scratch things off your Sky Talkers
0: Bingo for real. Actually, you probably won't want to do that because it, you'll probably want to get like bingo markers that won't ruin the card. You know what I mean? Like okay. it's like a one time use. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why well,
1: don't you just get some bingo chips? Exactly. That's the life. word I
0: was using.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it was so funny because I was um, talking. To my parents about the bingo card while they were watching me make pasta this morning. And they were like, What's happening? Because I made (laughs) pasta. I made pasta this morning for resistance (laughs) to watch resistance. Um, And I made a cute little video about it on our Twitter (laughs)
0: if you want to
1: see that. It's on our Instagram too. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were all like, Are you making pasta? I was like, Yes. They're like, For breakfast?
0: Yeah. Like, it's a long story. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was discussed in our very first episode of Don't the resistance recap.
1: Worry about it. <laughs> Actually, I think I, I tried to explain it. I was like, well, you see, there's the my parents aren't Star Wars fans at all. And I was like, Well, the, the TV show that we're reviewing on the podcast, it like butts up against the Force Awakens, you know, movie number seven from twenty fifteen, that movie, the newer one, but not the last one, not the Han Solo, not the Rogue One one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the timelines <laughs> they butt up against each other and it's like there's a lot of tension and a lot of stress so it's like a we made this metaphor that it's like a pot of boiling water and we just like really run with it <laughs> Where they are like okay got yeah, it that's pretty, weird <laughs> they pretty much like just accept whatever i tell them <laughs> about that sort of stuff and they're like whatever caitlin's doing it's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you did make pasta. I'm making pasta later. We're recording this right now at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm making pasta for dinner. Can't decide what I'm going to make, but it's going to be pasta. I'll post about it. You can check it out on all of mm-hmm. our socials. And I have to like go back and rewatch. I really want to rewatch the premiere episode and then watch the finale. I do too. Rewatch the finale. It'd be so fun. Yeah, back to back. mm-hmm Yeah. Okay, so let's dive into our discussion because we're just kind of beating around the bush here. So (laughs) in part one, uh, we discuss our highs and lows. In part two, we're going to be talking all about the story. And in part three, we talk about characters. So without further ado, let's get started.
1: So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Okay, welcome to part one where we're talking all about our highs and lows. And I can't remember who went first last week, so I'm going to go first. Okay, go first. (laughs) My first high... Was Kaz. <laughs> as in, no surprise to <laughs> this you, is literally. It's such the, a always, thing. <laughs> always my high. <laughs> my highs this week are actually the exact same, I think, as they were last week. Um, <laughs> but I really liked um, how and Prime was handled. I think the, the pacing of this episode is something we'll talk about in part two. Because um, I know last week the pacing was my low. Um, but this week I thought it was really well done. And last week um, – We had, and I did in particular, a lot of critiques about how Hosni and Prime was handled. But I think they did a really good job considering the time constraints of this episode of giving Kaz, like, a little bit of space to grieve and to just, like, be like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Um, And I really liked how it was handled, how there were, like, two very specific moments for him to, like, be in that sadness. And then for his friends and for his mentor to be like… That's awful, and I'm sorry. We have to keep moving, though. Mm-hmm. I really liked how it was handled. I thought it was great. I loved when Tora was like, I'm so sorry, and she, like, offers her hand to him. I love that look on his face when he looks back at the First Order. I love when he – like, when they rescue Yeager and Doza, and then Yeager's like, oh, my God, I, like, I knew you would come, and he's like, Yeager, like, they destroyed Hosnian Prime. Like, what are we going to do? I just – I thought it was really well handled. I really loved it.
0: Me too. It was a constant presence. And I was really surprised that they even kind of picked up where they left off with the last episode to the point of even just kind of showing it again. Mm-hmm. And they kind of lingered there for a while. There's a haunting shot of the stormtroopers just with their arms up in salute that was like extremely Nazi symbolism oh, that God. was very like overwhelming for me. I, I, had the same emotions I did in the last episode about this. And I think you're so right that they kind of um, allowed Kaz to kind of live in that moment of grievance. And I think that the audience now, at least I did, I understood that they had to keep going. I do think that there there will be a quiet moment probably at the beginning of season two Mm -hmm.
1: where Kaz
0: is just like dealing with his emotions, Mm
1: -hmm. sitting
0: alone, maybe contemplating or, trying to you know call his parents and in hopes of getting a signal or something like that sorry (laughs) the the music i thought
1: was really well done throughout this entire episode and i think that um like it really stood out to me but there was that moment where the music cue really matches what the cue is in force awakens Mm -hmm. as the laser is going towards Hosni and Prime. Um, it's not the same music cue, but it matches really well. And it definitely, like, brought me back to that drama that we're seeing in Force Awakens. But added, you're seeing it through Kaz's eyes now, like, really firsthand. So mm-hmm. – because that, that music cue is so sorrowful.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's the critique of Force Awakens, right? Is that, like, it's so emotional, but there's actually no emotion because no one knows Hosni and Prime. And so seeing it here with Kaz, it, it just – it works so much better, I think
0: hmm So my high was the tension of Tam leaving with Tierney. I thought that this was super well done, and we'll get into this later, but I felt a huge payoff of being extremely frustrated basically the entire season of Tam not getting the spotlight and not getting a lot of attention. And I realized now that I was kind of tricked and fooled, and I was supposed to feel like that because that's how Tam was feeling. And here we have mm. a great payoff of her leaving with the First Order. And I say great meaning I just think it's really dramatic and um, emotional. And I do hope that she sees the light. I think there's uh, a lot of room for that. And I really feel like that's going to happen. <laughs> but oh, <yeah. laughs> I, I do think that this was such an understandable moment. And I think that just even all those episodes and all those hours of us being like, I hope Tam gets her spotlight. Like I can't believe she's being like you know left in the dark. Like it 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 was supposed to be that way, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's something I even was privy to or caught on to. And it was a huge payoff for me.
1: Yeah, I think it was really well done. I I loved. That We'll talk about the confrontation between all of them later on. But the whole setup of, like, Tam literally in the middle with the First Order and then Kaz and Tora above her and Yeager below her. Mm -hmm. um, I just – I really liked the, like, the camera work, that whole scene. Um, I just thought it – like, there really was that tension there. And you could, you know, I found myself being like, oh, maybe she won't go. But I'm really glad they made the choice to have her go because we talked about that last episode of her – Um, It would be really interesting to actually see her make that choice and then see what's going to happen for her
0: to make another choice later down the line. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And maybe she'll like work from the inside and help them. I think that would be really interesting Mm -hmm. and would also go with the potentially the themes of the sequel trilogy. I mean, I hope so. And, Mm -hmm. um, you you know, stuff like that. I really do think that there is a lot of room for those similar themes to um, the sequel trilogy to come up with Tam's story. I think even just as a character who feels like she's been left in the dark about certain things and feels betrayed by her parental figure, I think is pretty relatable to like relatable meaning. I think that you can draw a line between potentially the Kylo Ren story a little bit. And I just, I find it really interesting that they continue to push these kind of redemptive narratives and just these, uh, I mean it's just so star wars you know a character that Mm -hmm. essentially turns to the dark side and you know there's hope for them (laughs) there is so (laughs) and it just it it worked really well for me
1: yeah i think it'll be it'll also be such another a great opportunity to see more about the inner workings of the first order yes next season so Mm -hmm. that will really be fun yes my second high which is i think also the same as my last week second high was the colossus (laughs) (laughs) surprise (laughs) Surprise! keelan's obsessed with
0: the colossus (laughs)
1: Before we even started, I was like, Charlotte, I took so many screenshots of the Colossus this episode. I was like, let me send them to you. She's like, okay. I'm like, isn't it so pretty? (laughs) I just I freaking love the Colossus seeing it underwater and then seeing it like with the hyperdrive like coming up out of the water like the majestic ship it is and then blasting off into hyperspace I thought it was just it was great and it was so amazing to see it take flight and everyone was so excited about it and it it, any sets with like wide sets of the Colossus are always great
0: Um, I just I really love it. (laughs) it's good it's very good so good it's it's ability to i don't know it's just this is so cool even if like i think that if i didn't get that i think that we had talked about this about the Colossus, like being movable for a while but if it would be such a cool surprise if you didn't really understand that or if you weren't really thinking that that was even possible i don't know it's super awesome mhm yeah
1: well I liked I loved how Tam at the end was like it's a ship yeah me too that was like
0: <laughs> mood yes. and it was that was a good moment because then you're like, oh my god, what about all the people that are just kind of casually walking around the closets <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like weren't we just underwater? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I know. <laughs> Heaven forbid you were sleeping and then you wake up and it's moved all- so much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like the Titanic. It's going down, <laughs> going up. What's happening?
1: <laughs> well, when they were doing the the whole flushing out the stormtroopers thing, I was like, "Is
0: there anyone else in the hallway?" I know. I was thinking the same thing. Safety first. <laughs> That's actually my second high. I loved the whole team's plan. I thought that they worked together really well. I loved them breaking out um, Doza and Yeager out of prison and or jail. It's not prison, jail. <laughs> um, and I really liked the whole flushing the stormtroopers out. It was a really fun way to uh, get rid of the stormtroopers without like cold-blooded murdering them even though they did cold-blooded murder them i thought that there was that one shot of like the fish getting one of the stormtroopers (laughs) i was like (laughs) (laughs) violent
1: it reminds me okay do you remember playing mario party
0: yes and
1: there are those like when you lose a game in the water in mario party there are those squids that just like take your character away (laughs) yes that's what it reminded me of but yeah, flushing the stormtroopers out was such a fun sequence, and it gave us some great underwater shots of the Colossus. Um, but just seeing them like kind of floating and like trying to swim—it
0: was sad. I mean, come on, it's like <laughs> it was kind of funny. It, it was—it was-, was supposed to be funny, but it was it like was- oof, I know. violent. Well, I
1: just gotta say that like, Niku was so excited to kill some stormtroopers. <laughs> 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 I don't know what Nico's agenda is anymore, but like, he was deliciously excited about being like, oh my God, we could drown them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it was him. funny. I love him too, but I, I really liked that whole sequence. <laughs> okay. What was your low? I didn't have any low, actually. I really loved this episode. Um, I thought the pacing was so much better than last week's. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, the tension was there in all the right spots I felt. Like, given the fact that it was 22 minutes, Mm -hmm. what they were able to fit in, I didn't feel like anything deserved more time. Obviously, I wanted there to be more time, but I thought the time management episode was really well done.
0: I think – and I'm just – I'm really happy to hear you say that because I remember me being like, it'll be fine next episode, Caitlin. It's going to be okay. Yeah. (laughs) But I I also just feel that way about, like, how much they cram in in a 22-minute episode about this entire season – it's kind of shocking to me how much they've fit into these episodes mm-hmm. and how how far we've gone in just 22 episodes. So great. It really is. Okay. So Milo is the same as the last episode. I wish this was a one-hour finale with the previous episode just combined mm-hmm. together. I think it would have been great. Yeah. And I, I can't do anything about it. I just hope that they kind of remedy that for next season.
1: Agreed. I feel the same way. Yeah. Okay.
0: Let's talk about Story. Story. Okay, so welcome to part two, where we discuss the story. And we always ask these two questions. What is the state of the first order? And what is the state of the resistance? The
1: state of the First Order is that they have been quite literally flushed out of the uh, Colossus. And I was like, are there only five stormtroopers on the Colossus? (laughs) This was kind of my question when they were talking about it last week, you know, about flying the Colossus off. I was like, that's all well and good if you, you know, get the Colossus up into the air, but... What are you going to do about the stormtroopers that are still on it and the First Order? So I thought that was handled well. I still don't really think I understand why they left altogether when they could have just stayed on the Colossus while it was in hyperspace. But I know that they were calling in reinforcements, which I thought was really interesting. Again, just kind of reiterating the importance that the Colossus is playing in the First Order's greater scheme. So, And then I thought of too about like hyperspace tracking. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that as well. Yeah, I wonder if that will come into play in next mm-hmm. season because we're we're
0: basically in the Last Jedi timeline. <laughs> I just feel like because no one really had an idea that it was a ship, maybe they escaped the whole hyperspace tracking thing. Also, that was a new initiative by Hux. So that kind of, no one really knew it was happening in the beginning of the Last Jedi. So, I wonder if it's included, but I'm not so sure.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, uh Tyrion didn't tyranny t- oh, <laughs> Oh. <God. laughs> you just you just gotta accept it. Um, right. <laughs> she didn't seem super surprised. She was like, they're using the thrusters.
0: And yeah. that was it. She didn't she she didn't have a Tam moment of like, it's a ship. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think that they're I mean, maybe they can't they are part of hyperspace tracking. Maybe that would come into play, but I kind of think that they've gotten out of that. Yeah, I think so, too. I was surprised when the uh, huge Star Destroyer came in, and I was thinking yeah. about, like, what Star Destroyer is this? Do we know? Is it a familiar one? Is this a supremacy? Because Kaz made the the remark that it was a really big one. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, is it the supremacy? I mean, maybe in, you know, one of these uh, resistance recon situations <laughs> that they that they post <laughs> that we will get some sort of confirmation about what ship that was. But it was almost like a bit of a red herring for me as someone who was kind of expecting a Hux or a Kylo Ren figure to show up in this episode. Mm -hmm. That I was like, or maybe even just a a Snoke. (laughs) A Snoke. A singular Snoke. A
1: singular Snoke. Snoke. (laughs) What are
0: multiple Snoke's called? Snoke (laughs) Eye? Just Snoke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's singular or plural. Yeah. It's like fish.
0: (laughs) Or sneak, like goose (laughs) geese.
1: A group of Snokes is called a sneak.
0: A group of Snokes is called a sneak. (laughs) That might be the best joke you've ever made.
1: (laughs) A group of Snokes is called a sneak.
0: Yeah. So I was expecting, you know, a singular Snoke. (laughs) But I don't think, I think that they, this show did something interesting by not having any sort of legacy or film characters in their finale. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a bold move given, you know, the past history of rebels. Finale. Basically every single finale has some sort of. Huge, Ron, Vader, yeah, Ron, Vader, Ahsoka. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they show up in every finale and it's usually this big wow moment. And I think that I got the same wow moment in this episode just based off of the characters and I think that's a like such a strong statement of what this season was going to do this and what this season has accomplished this this whole basically year that it's been on tv Mm -hmm. I feel like they this is to me the strongest um season one of any Star Wars animated show that we've ever gotten
1: yeah, yeah. I thought it was super strong. I will say, though, that I've been rewatching The Clone Wars, and I just made it to the season one finale. Mm-hmm. And that would, that would hit an emotional punch a lot harder than I remembered it the first time I watched through. Um, but for a lot of different reasons. I mean, they're such different shows, too, um, that sometimes it can be hard to compare. But I will Mm -hmm. say that the season one Clone Wars stands up a lot better than I I had previously remembered it. But I do think that Resistance just has – I think Resistance has definitely had the stronger premiere of all of the animated shows. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought – you're right. I think it's such a bold move for it not to have included any legacy characters um, or like super big cliffhangers, you know, like Vader showing up or like Snoke showing up in the closing shots or even like a hollow of Leia or something like that. Um, it was really bold. Um, I have to point out too that the the Star Destroyer showing up was very much Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of Rogue One feels in this episode. Like when the Tie Fighters were all in front of the hangar, it reminded yes. me of like Jin, mm-hmm, on, um Scarif, and then when the when the Star Destroyer showed up, it showed up very similarly to the Death Star at the end of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doza watching it, it kind of reminded me of Krennic seeing it come out of hyperspace. <laughs> I was like,
0: yeah, I was like, oh. <gasps> I totally agree. I think that I, I got the same feeling too. And I think you're supposed to feel that way. And maybe mm-hmm. that it's it's just so cool the way that Star Wars has established canon now that you can have these, like, it's so self-referential that you feel a sense of doom when you see a Star, uh, star Destroyer like that come out of hyperspace that abruptly in a similar way that the Death Star did in Rogue One,
1: mm-hmm. where you
0: know what happened in Rogue One. So you feel like, oh, no, that could happen right now yeah. with the Star Destroyer. And they just immediately started firing on the Colossus. I
1: was so worried for my ship. <laughs> Your ship. Now you've my taken ship.
0: ownership of the my
1: Colossus. Ship. I was like, please don't fall into back into the ocean. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just like last week, though, I think the question of what's the state of the First Order and what's the state of the Resistance is just, you know uh, – uh, is the same as what it is in the middle of the Force Awakens. I think both mm-hmm. are quite strong. I think the resistance, the the organization of the resistance on Dakar, isn't of basically any concern to our crew on the Colossus right now. Clearly, they're not really going there, and I think that even by the time they arrive, they might be evacuating. So, I it's interesting because like the explosion of Starkiller Base hasn't happened in this timeline yet. Um, And so the First Order is almost stronger than ever, but I think the resistance is still – they're both quite strong. It's just I don't know now with this finale if we're ever going to get to Dakar.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure either, and I kind of don't know how I feel about that, about Niku just being like, yeah, I put in the wrong (laughs) coordinates. I'm not really sure how I feel about that kind of cop out because I was so excited when Cass was like, "We're going to Dakar." Do you really think it's a cop out though? i don't I don't want to say cop out. I just um, I mean, I don't know. It's very ambiguous,
0: <laughs> which I guess is kind of the fun, but I've seen yeah. a lot of people already get kind of annoyed about the fact that Niku got that and said that. I just I feel like that's such a Niku move. And I, because they evacuate Dakar so soon, I think it would be strange if the Colossus just kind of showed up and then they had to leave. And then they'd also get caught up in the red string of, of, of fate, the whole uh, hyperspace, tra- hyperspace tracking, if yeah. they do get up, get there. And I think that the Colossus can't, it just, with the timelines, I don't think the Colossus, I think I have to be out of range of Leia's signal on crate in order for the story to work. I just and, hope
1: that it means that I just hope that resistance stays with this tie to the resistance. Yeah. That's what that's the only thing I'm worried about. Because I think you're right. Like it it can't really be on Dakar because it will then be involved in the in the whole Last Jedi timeline mm-hmm. with that whole situation. So I think I think that makes sense. Um, I just hope that they stay linked. And that they're not just this, like, weird... Like, what are they going to be doing out there if they're not involved
0: with the Resistance? I'm not sure. I think that they could come up with a really good story, though, in the same way that Rebels had. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that just (laughs) given the fact that The Last Jedi is, like, three to four days, I think that it's not that big of a deal if they show up after The Last Jedi. Yeah. And... Because I think that there's going to be like a two to three year time difference in or one year, regardless. I think a year plus um, between the Last Jedi and Episode Nine. I think there's a lot of room for the Colossus to show up there. Maybe they're going to Batuu in, which is the galaxy's edge area in Disney parks. Mm. I think that there's like a lot of tie-in that could happen with that, and I think there's a huge potential for us to see the Colossus in Episode Nine. Stop it. I, I really do. I think that if if the resistance is using the Colossus, I think that there's a lot of work that needs to d- happen on the Colossus to make this ship actually a resistant ship. I mean, if you really think about it, like there's people living here. There's, I think there's a reason why they showed like the Flicks and Orca kind of hiding away in the crates in the last episode, mm-hmm. because you have, to, you have to be reminded that there are people like Flix and Orca who are just like, we're just hiding. Like, we have no idea what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're underwater. Yeah. Like, where are we? <laughs> and I think that, like, once they're in hyperspace, like, there's going to be a lot of citizens who are like, what are we doing? Wait, we're not on Castellon? Like, what's happening? And yeah. And I think that there's going to be people who are like, wait, no. so now we're part of the resistance. Did we sign up for this? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, there's a lot of tension that needs to be worked out about that, or maybe... I, I don't know. I think that there's just a lot of work that needs to be done to get the Colossus. Cause right now it's like 10 people and like some droids who um, who are like, yay! This ship is now the resistance. Right? <laughs> no like one else has people on the closet. Any idea what's going on? <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, that makes sense. You're right. I just hope that the resistance. I just hope the show resistance stays connected to the actual resistance. I think they will. Um. So a, a little bit more. Like, I really enjoyed how at the end of Rebels, it wasn't actually about the rebellion. I liked mm-hmm. that. I don't want to see that repeated in Resistance, though. I guess is my only thing.
0: I think that they will, and I think that what I'm saying is just be- because The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are, like, over just a couple of days, like a whole week, I think that there's so much room for the Colossus to help with some sort of refueling after The Last Jedi somehow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so... The pacing of this episode I thought was really well done and there's actually so much that freaking happened <laughs> I know. in 22 minutes. I mean, we had the whole cold open with Kaz and Tora. We had rescuing Jose and Yeager, flushing out the stormtroopers, the confrontation with Tam and the stormtroopers, raising the Colossus, the fighters around the Colossus, plus the pirate ship, plus Anzi and Hype, and then ending with a whole sequence in hyperspace. <laughs>
0: I mean, it didn't feel rushed to me in terms of the pacing. It didn't.
1: And there like, there have definitely been episodes this season where I'm like, wow, they should have spent more time on the Torah storyline or the Tam mm-hmm. storyline or whatever it is. Um, but there was one episode I think like three or four weeks ago that was very similar and that it had a lot packed into it, but nothing felt um, like it was lacking as far as screen time. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the time management was so well done. Mm-hmm.
0: What was there like a standout portion for you? Um, I think that the tension when you were saying like the camera work that was happening when Tam was basically about to leave and you know, Yeager's below and uh, Kaz and Tora are above, and I just thought that was such a well set scene. But I do think that there I, I literally cheered when Sonara came. There's just so much that happened. You're so right. <laughs> I don't I don't think I have a standout. But what about you? I think – I was going to say flushing out the
1: stormtroopers, but then I was like, wow, the Colossus. (laughs) Then I was like, oh, the confrontation was really good. Um, Yeah, I loved the – I think it might be the confrontation because I loved how they all just appeared and then how that's also when the Colossus started raising Mm -hmm. um, and everyone was so surprised. I thought it was really good payoff. And I I loved – we'll talk about Kaz in part three again, as always. <laughs> but I I just loved how Kaz was so concerned about Tam that he he wasn't he wasn't concerned at all about the fact that he was just like out there in the open being like, I'm with the resistance. But he was like pleading with Tam to like see his point of view and he didn't really care about the troopers that were all around him and kind of this impending danger. I thought it was, I don't know, it was so good. And Like I said, just the placement of everyone in that scene, it really
0: heightened the drama. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, I got – there was such a huge payoff also for the Aces to be reintroduced. Oh, yeah. I think we had (laughs) – The Aces. (laughs) I think that we had, like, talked about the function a while back about how, like, they – their, their function was to defend the Colossus and then also have fun, and I was happy to see them return because this is exactly where they needed to return, you know? Yeah. I think that that was the one
1: scene that I thought that kind of stood out to me in, in the way that I was like, what are we doing here? Like, I forgot they were all in prison. And when you see them in the cells, they're all just standing there. They're not angry or sad. Like, there's no emotion. <laughs> it's just like a like a, a still frame, actually. And then Doz is like, hey. And, like, opens the doors and they're, like – they're not excited. They don't, like, cheer or anything. He's, like, it's time to go fly. And they all just, like, walk to their station. <laughs> it was kind of
0: weird. I mean, it was only – it was, like, th- a three-second clip, but – like, I guess whatever. what I mean is, like, they could have just not done that at all. And it could have yeah. just been um, Kaz flying the Fireball. And I, I don't think that that would have been as cool. I think it's cool that they were included. and I do, too. I'm glad they came back. But, again, I'm, like, I know nothing about the Aces.
1: They're fun to watch fly, but I like seeing Kaz fly. as long as Kaz is up there. <laughs> yeah, that's really what I care about. Mm-hmm. And I liked seeing him, like with the pirate ship. I thought that was a great shot too. I mean, taking the pirate the pirate ship going
0: into the Colossus.
1: I was like, yes,
0: yeah, that was cool. That reminded me of a couple of moments, and like it was just so Star Warsy. Going like within, there's so many times in Star Wars we can think of that happening, and most recently in the Last Jedi you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it was exciting. Yeah. It was, it was really good.
1: Um, I loved I As soon as I saw the pirate ship, I was like, "Oh, another pretty ship. Like I want to see what's on that ship. I want to spend some time there too. Mm-hmm. I'm suddenly all about
0: the ships. I think in terms of, um, like themes of this episode and, and overall, um, messages that, this season finale has kind of sent us forth with. I feel like unity is probably the biggest one. Like you felt such a good sense of hope at the end of it um, when they're looking at the hype hyperspace and the Colossus just like moving through hyperspace mm-hmm. with the whole team there. Um, are there any other themes that really like stood out to you?
1: I think the theme, as you put it last week, that's kind of sitting on top of the sequel trilogy the theme of belonging, belonging. Um, I think, is a big one, uh, which will especially come into play next season once Kaz realizes that his home planet Thinks more about the fact that his home planet isn't there to go back to anymore, mm-hmm. um, and we don't really know what happened to his family quite yet. So there's that component of it too, and and I thought that theme was really emphasized with Sonara's storyline too, about where she belongs. And I thought it was really cool how she was able to bring both of her worlds together um, yeah. in the end. It was just a minute, but um, with her really. But I'm glad to see that like all the pirates are with them too. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be really fun to see if the pirates end up staying. And like kind of fighting against the First Order too or if they go off on their own later on in the season. I don't know. I think that will be really interesting to watch. I don't know. I think that – I think belonging is a big one, having that sense of hope for what's going on. And I think Kaz is such a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think he's, he's such a good character. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> I was pretty surprised that the pirates were a part of the ship. And I thought that that was a really good move, mm-hmm. given there was such a tension there between the pirates and the Colossus and the First Order. And just continuing that and kind of bringing that with them was just a really smart story move mm-hmm. and also allows for more Sonara in the future. Woohoo! Woohoo! I have <laughs> a couple friends on Twitter
1: who are very excited about I that. Know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are we ready to move on to part three? Yes. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Okay, part three, all about characters. And we're going to start off with our favorite, Kaz. <laughs> um, how did he do throughout this episode?
0: He did great. He was so confident. <laughs> he was he, – he broke down in the beginning. He is good to show his emotions, Love that in a guy, and <laughs> but also powers through. And I think that it, I, you know, I've seen some interviews. I've been watching in the past week a lot of the resistance, re- like for lack. I honestly don't remember the name of it. The I think the it's Bucket's List and Resistance Recon or Resistance Recap. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> and the interviews with the creators, and I think that I, it might have been Christopher Sean who was talking about how this whole season kind of emphasizes the theme of hope. And I think, like, I think as Star Wars fans are like a little sick of hearing that, that, you know, Star Wars, it's about hope. It's, I think that's obviously the number one theme throughout. And it was good. I think it's good that this, that this, um, this season and this TV series kind of emphasizes that as well. And I think that Kaz is like a shining beacon of that. I think that his willingness to continue on and his hope that, you know, there's, honestly there's good in everyone and that everyone is worth saving like tan he needed to go back to save tam he kind of risked himself he put himself out in the open to save tam and he was super confident in that Mm -hmm. and even just you know getting behind in the pilot seat and taking down the Tie fighters in you know (laughs) the fireball that's so rickety I, i don't know i feel like everything really did come full circle in the end here
1: Mm -hmm. Everyone was looking to him for what to do and even Yeager was, which I thought Mm – they had some really great moments. There was the – when they were in – when Doza and Yeager were in the cell and Doza was like – I forget what he says, but he says something along the lines of like, no one's coming for us um, or like, who's going to be able to save us? No one will be able to get us out. And Yeager's like, I'm not so sure about that Um, because he has so much more confidence in Kaz now. And when Kaz shows up, he's like, you did it. I knew you would. Um, And just their teamwork, I thought, was really well because we've definitely seen them clash throughout the season of, you know, Kaz not knowing what to do and and not listening to Yeager in all senses. And then here it was like Kaz was the one who everyone was looking to. I mean, he was the one who – not Niku thought of raising the Colossus, but like he got – he put all the pieces in position. Mm -hmm. Um, But even at the end, he was like, we have to go back for Tam. Him and – uh, Yeager were both like that was priority for them, which was nice because circumstances last week made it so that Tim wasn't priority. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week it was nice to see that come back around. And then even when they're f- in the resi- when they're in the fighters and the fireball flying around, everyone is like, "Okay, where are we going? What are we doing next?" And Kaz is like, "I'm already sending the coordinates to Niku. Like that's where we're going. Everyone get to the ship. We're going. <laughs> like we need to go to hyperspace now." <laughs> and I just I loved. I don't know. I love that. Like it, it really got me thinking about the comparison between like Ahsoka and Ezra and how both of them grew a lot in season one of their respective shows. But I feel like Kaz has really grown the most actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because he's a little bit older than both of them were at the start of their shows. Um, so it makes me really interested to see – where he will continue to grow mm-hmm. um, because he's – so much has happened in this episode for – or in this season for him emotionally um, and, like, physically as a spy and as, like, a friend and um, being in the resistance and and having a mental relationship with Yeager. Like, he's grown so much <laughs> that I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, where else are you headed <laughs> if this is, like, a, a four- to five-season run show? Right.
0: I I think that a lot was added to – I, I'm about to say this, but now I'm even thinking about it. I'm not so sure. Like the fact that Kaz witnessed his parents' death and his the explosion of his his planet and was kind of forced to, you know, continue on, and also is forced with this, you know, understanding that everything like this, his wealth, his past, and everything is kind of gone now. I think is a major moment for him. I, I say this, but I also think, and I think that that like kind of catapulted him into this confidence. That he needs to get done what ha- what he needs to get done because of the drastic circumstances that he just witnessed. Mm-hmm. But I also think that he might have done that anyway. Yeah. So I I think that it'll be interesting to see how his character develops further just based off of that. You know, it's
1: one thing. It's one thing that I always thought was an interesting choice with resistance. Um, and this kind of brings us back to the Hosnian Prime conversation of like, did they do enough to bring Hosnian Prime up throughout the season? for it to have the kind of impact it needed to have at the end of the season. But, like, Kaz never really talked about his wealth, like, privately, even with Mm -hmm. Eager, or, like, bemoaned the fact that he wasn't wealthy anymore. He has, like, one episode where he talks about, like, wanting more money at the very start of the season. But that's really it, and he never complains about, like – the living conditions or something that's kind of stereotypical of, like, a a super rich person in a show coming into, like, more humble environments, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was never really a thing for Kaz, so I think you're right. Like, he – I don't think that would have been – I think he would have moved past that on his own if not – if he hadn't already Yeah. in the season. But I wonder if, like, that influence will – like kind of be brought up again in season two that like if his parents really are gone then like he's the son of a senator from and
0: Prime is there any political weight there it's almost like you say political weight and I agree but do you think there's any like money that potentially the resistance could use that mm, is left yeah. over maybe he would donate it to something like that yeah. who knows I don't that know anything yeah I, th- yeah, I don't think anything with the New Republic has covered like the banking systems in the same way that <laughs> the Trade uh, Federation. Cl- yeah, but clone, the the Clone Wars has or like how money is transferred. Where and are the think- ne-
1: Where are the Nemoidians <laughs> of the sequel trilogy?
0: Yeah, it's so true. Actually, <laughs> there's something about Kaz's like this the this moment in this episode that kind of I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I don't know how much I love the whole fact that Kaz basically murdering um, Major Von Rag. That was his big moment, and we're supposed to cheer about that, that he you know, blew up a ship and everything. And I think you do cheer. I cheered. But I took a step back, and I think about how much we've talked about over the past season, how great it was to have a hero who was kind of inexperienced with a blaster, kind of understood the risks of, you know... <laughs> what happens when you hold a gun in your hands and the show has kind of only shown stunning and everything. I don't know how I feel about the fact that this, this moment for our character where that has kind of been subtle throughout the season, his big moment was killing the villain.
1: Was it, and I don't remember exactly where this was, was it in in the fireball or was it on the Colossus platform? It was in the fireball. In the fireball. For me, I think – I think you're right. I think that's a good point. Um, For me, it's not as impactful against, like, our love of Kaz of not being able to shoot a blast when he's in a ship, and I know that perhaps that's not right or doesn't make sense, but – I think there is a difference visually in what that looks like. Yeah, there's a little bit of
0: a dissonance that happens when yeah. you're, like, in a ship versus a blaster yeah. to someone's head. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think there is that difference there. Um, he was using it throughout the episode. Um, I think it was set to send. And honestly, he I think he only used it once or twice on the Colossus platform, whereas Yeager, Doza, and Tora all used it, like, a lot more than he mm-hmm. did. Even when they were when they did the trick of getting Yeger and Doza out – It's Tora who shoots first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like I I did like that moment too. Of how Kaz was like here comes Tora. And she just like (laughs) sweeps in. Like she's the one to throw the first punch. In that like close quarters situation. Mm -hmm. Um, This kind of goes back to. Something we've been tracking with Kaz. This whole season though. Of his you know what am I fighting for moment. um, Similar to Finn. And I think we really saw that. At the beginning of the episode with Hosni and Prime. When he looks back at the stormtroopers as him and Tora are leaving and you just see that like rage on his face Mm -hmm. for just a second and that's like the first time we've really seen that kind of emotion from Kaz and I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of like I could head canon into that moment on the fireball that you're talking about of him like kind of channeling that rage and like this is for Hosby and Prime kind of situation still in the emotions of that. That's true. So that's kind of what I think about that. I think you're right, though. I, I hope
0: that that's something that doesn't change about Kaz in the future. It's a little naive for us to even de- be debating this, though, given the fact that we're watching a show called Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah.
0: like I, I just feel like they've done so much to show that, like, even in the last episode, Kaz picking up the blaster and, like, having it backwards. I don't know. I think that it's worth mentioning, at least.
1: I think it is, too. And, and that kind of – Brings back to what I was saying earlier about like, okay, where is Kaz going to grow to next? Like what's kind of his next stepping stone? Mm -hmm. Is he going to be more of a like hands-on combative fighter? Am I going to be okay with that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I will be because I I mean, Poe back when he first gave – Kaz the blaster I mean Poe makes sense like people are going to shoot at you you have to shoot back Mm -hmm. Um, it's not that Poe is wrong it's just is Kaz always going to have another way out of that situation Um, and it's it's in these wartime situations it's in his best interest to know how to use a blaster properly the thing too with Kaz and the ship is that he's a much more experienced pilot than he is with a blaster like that's his comfort zone is the ship so I think that adds an element to it as well
0: do you think that Kaz's next step in the resistance is him becoming more of a leader within the resistance, like captain or something? Mm,
1: I don't know. I think he'll definitely be involved in a lot more of Doza's conversations with Yeager. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be looking to him a lot more for the plans, especially because Kaz's been the one in contact with Leia and the
0: others. Mm-hmm. I think that it's – let's let's bring back the question of is there a First Order spy? <laughs> I, I mean, it's so funny. You laugh because it's like, oh, forgot about that. Yeah. And I don't think there is. I think I'm I'm really putting down my money that I don't think there's a first order spy. Well, we've come to the end of the season. Yeah. And nothing has been revealed yet. But it would be really interesting if now the Colossus, you know, going through hyperspace wherever they're going and there's a spy on board and somehow <laughs> that ignites some sort of hyperspace tracking and they're able to find them. Mm-hmm. But I still I don't see that thread moving anywhere.
1: Yeah, it is interesting how it wasn't even brought up in this episode, but, like, when would they have brought it up? It, it, there's no room. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is literally no room. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something, like, if they intend for there to be an actual First Order spy, um, I wouldn't – I mean, obviously it would have to get brought up again. But it would kind of be this, like epi- – Like, I feel like it would be this, like, random episode somewhere in the middle of, like, season two or season three. And Cass would be like, oh, my God, I forgot that that's, like, why I first came to the Colossus. So – you really are a First Order spy, like, this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think would that, be funny.
0: what would flip it on its head now that we have Tam who's joining the First Order is if, you know, she does become a spy for the First Order and then works for, from the inside. Like, what if she left the First Order to come back to find Kaz and the crew, but she's still working for them, and then she is the First Order spy, and then she has some sort of redemptive moment where she actually comes back, a la Callis,
1: I think if – I think I would believe that only if, like, Tam shows up – like, if we don't see Tam at all and then she shows up <laughs> and it's like, I realize the error of my ways. <laughs> yeah. like, mm, something's a little fishy there.
0: Yeah.
1: Or I think it would be really interesting, though, to see if we knew ahead of time that mm-hmm. that they had sent her on this mission. Um, and so the whole time she's there
0: and the resi- there on the Colossus, like, we know that she's really spying.
1: Yeah, um, last, kind of, last, kind of like Sonara.
0: Well, last episode we were talking about how um, Tam's like recruitment into the First Order somewhat mirrors Kaz's recruitment into the into the Resistance, and how will those kind of mirror each other and kind of change? Um, and I think that like if she really does become a spy within, like for the First Order, for the res- in the Resistance, I don't know. I think that there's some interesting threads that could happen there. Hmm.
1: I don't think though that she would be a spy because they, um, their whole pitch to her was her being able to fly. Yeah. So I'd be, I'd actually be really surprised if they made her into a um, spy. They might like constantly be sending her out to take care of people like Cads, which could lead to some interesting situations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think they would put her out as a spy though, because that's not what they sold to her I mean I guess they could do
0: whatever they want um,
1: <laughs> I'm like well they told her she would be a fighter pilot
0: <laughs> right In that way I wonder if the show will pivot more to like the piloting angle that they were kind of selling us on before the mm-hmm. show even premiered
1: yeah mm, maybe. things to consider Yeah, I'm really glad though that Tam I'm really glad that it was very clear that Tam chose to go with the first order mm-hmm. that it was a choice that she made and even emphasized later by Yeager who was like she made her choice yeah I'm really glad that they made that decision mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't, you know, her being pulled onto the ship or, you know, kind of falling and someone catching her and pulling her onto the ship. Like she took that step herself
0: because mm-hmm. then she can – take another step later on back towards our friends. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Yeager because I think that he's grown and changed so much from the beginning. He was so gruff in the beginning and so closed off. And here he is like so proud of Kaz and seeing him back in the pilot seat. I think that was a huge payoff from um, that episode with his brother Mm -hmm. that, you know, he saw how much of like an amazing pilot he was. And I think everyone was like, oh, my God, it's so great to see you back into it. And Mm -hmm. I think even just understanding that Yeager was so reluctant to be a part of an organization again and then seeing the dire need that his home uh, was under. I think that, that there was such a huge payoff for me, at least with his character. He's such a teddy bear. I also love Scott Lawrence now after seeing him on the, the Star, Star Wars, Wars show, show. <laughs> it was <good>. yeah, <laughs> it was really good.
1: Um, I didn't know that he was the voice of Darth Vader in the Burger King commercial. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, Which, such a fun, a fun fun fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I really loved him and Kaz. This was this was really a continuation from last week of them just working really well together and being on the same page and having confidence in one another and just the little moment at the end when Igor was like. Oh, that kid really can fly. Mm-hmm. It was just like he was so proud of Kaz and I'm like consistently proud of Kaz. So I felt like we were really on the same page. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <Me>
0: and <laughs> you and Yeager on the same page. Oh, me and Yeager
1: on the same page of wholeheartedly loving Kaz. <laughs> it was cute how the calm was still
0: open and Kaz could hear that.
1: I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. And I loved his little laugh too. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> It was really nice. And, of course, like, Kaz and Ara, And then, you know, Kaz and Tora continue to be, like, a fun team up. Um, Mm -hmm. And they – like, their moment at the beginning of the episode was – as we talked about, it was just really good about how – like, both Tora and Yeager took a moment to, like, let Kaz finish his thoughts about Hosnian Prime like, whatever, however short they were and, like, took a moment to be, like, I'm here for you and I'm sorry, but then, like, brought him back to reality of, like, we have to go now. Mm-hmm. Um, they both did that. And it was really nice to see two characters, you know, like, that's not something you can fix. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you can give a solution to. Sometimes all you can say is I'm sorry. And, mm-hmm. like, that that has meaning, too, um, for when someone is going through a hard time. Definitely. I still kind of ship them. I do, too. You know, I can't help it.
0: I can't help it either. Even though I do, I was so happy to see Sonara back, and then I remembered that I ship Sonara Mm. and Kaz, too. But why not both? Porque (laughs) no (laughs) los (laughs) dos. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) As long as Kaz is happy and he is eventually one day like running the Colossus, that they're just always together. Mm-hmm. I ship the Colossus and Kaz. Oh my god. <laughs> Being like home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the fact that now Niku is like basically captain of the Colossus, I-, I I am looking forward to the day where Niku can go into the High Tower. <laughs> the clean hallways the clean hallways and like he can <laughs> obsessed about that and because now he's the one that got the classes moving I think there's a lot of reward for Niku mm-hmm. and that's exciting for him I'm excited for him
1: yeah I am too <laughs> I am too it's gonna be fun to see what Niku gets into next season <laughs> yeah and if we have any more conspiracy theories about Niku moving forward
0: oh wow. we're gonna have so many conspiracy theories in season two guys get ready get <laughs> that's kind get of our brand yeah. <laughs> It is. That and pasta. (laughs) That and somehow pasta. Pasta. (laughs) Somewhere in the middle of all that pasta. (laughs) I think we're going to – do you have anything else to say about characters?
1: I don't think so. I'm just – I'm really looking forward to the resistance panel at
0: Celebration. I am too. I am too. I also want to say CB23 might be better than BB-8 in terms of like – she, she, can move, on she can move. She can save. She's so on it. She doesn't <laughs> screw up. Like, <laughs> it's it's so great. Like, you think about all the times that R2, like, you know, put in the wrong little thing to do the thing and the key. <laughs> CB23 doesn't make mistakes. <laughs>
1: she doesn't. She doesn't. She, I mean, she gets all of the things. <laughs> okay, one of my favorite moments is the first time Kaz and CB are running when they're flushing out the stormtroopers and the door closes and CB just like collapses (laughs) and her (laughs) head falls back. She's like, Ooh, that was close. Yeah. It was great. And then she just like, she jumps into action When they're on the Colossus platform with with Tora and and Kaz and she just, like, yanks the blasters from the stormtroopers and then how she just, you know, grabs Tora when she's falling over. Yeah, saving
0: Tora. I literally (sighs) gasped because I I was not ready for Tora to be injured or, you know, taken. (laughs) In Or or, or dead i don't know <laughs> I, I didn't want to use that word because i'm just i wasn't ready for it yeah and cb 23 was there and i was so happy <laughs> i gotta say though i was like fully
1: ready for like my shipper heart for like kaz to be the one to grab torah <laughs> <laughs> that would have been you know, hands are language
0: <laughs> true i mean we saw a little bit of hands are a language in this episode of there's that one shot of um when Tam accepts Tyranny's uh, situation and mm-hmm. gets pulled on board. I mean, we get that really close shot of both of their hands, and we know how much meaning goes into that. Yes, we, that we do. <laughs> so there's me reading way too much into hands. Once again. Once again. <laughs> Once again. That's, that's also kind our brand. Of, that's
1: kind of our brand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You can scratch that off your
1: scratcher's bingo, or put a <laughs> put a chip, <laughs> put a chip, put a chip on your scratch it off sounds better, but but in reality, put a chip. Yes. So you can use it again later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add about this episode?
0: Oh, such a good season. I think we'll do a season recap soon, but mm-hmm. um, ugh, this is so good. Resistance is definitely up there with my faves. I'm so excited it exists. I'm so happy it exists. I love it. Me too. I'm very much looking forward to season two. Um,
1: it is nice. It's kind of. It's almost like a. I I say stereotypical ending, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Of them, like going off into unknown space, mm-hmm. and they're but they're all together. Like it felt very like sci-fi. Like yeah. where are we headed to next, like no one knows. You know, it's kind um, of Star Trekky. It is know? like the Last Frontier. It's very yes. Star Trekky, but I really liked it. I do kind of wish we knew where they were going, but it is – it's, like, very – it's almost, like, kitschy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, again, I don't mean that in a negative way, even though I kind of said earlier that I wish they're going to Dakar, but – you know I'll take it back we talked it through mm-hmm. I'm better now um <laughs> <laughs> but just seeing them all there it was like the star trekky with the you know to great unknowns but then it was also so starzy with the hyperspace and kind of all of them looking out into the colossus and hyperspace in the hangar um it was really nice um and I thought this season the season roped me in and I've never cared about a character and or ship as quickly as I have. Like I have Kaz and the Colossus. Like the amount that I have brought up Kaz in all of our other episodes unrelated to Resistance is an obscene amount. It really is. It re- Charlotte's <laughs> like, please stop talking about Kaz. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that I love this show and I love these characters simply based off how much I bring them up in other conversations.
0: It's like I do hope that we can we can meet Christopher Sean and thank him at celebration just because the show is so good. So good.
1: Um, okay, well, I think that's going to wrap up this week and this season's recap of Resistance. Like Charlotte said, we'll probably be doing um, a season one recap later on, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and if you want to see my pasta video, you can check it out on our Twitter at SkyTalkersPod. Um, you can also ha- check us out on our website, skytalkers.com. Our personal Twitter handles are at Caitlin Flusher and at Clarity. And if you like what you hear, you can head on over to iTunes and leave. Us a review so other people can find us and make pasta with us too. (laughs) Yes, and please, (laughs) and uh, don't forget celebration stage podcast stage. All the details will be online. I won't go over them again. (laughs) We are not on the celebration stage. (laughs) We're not make that clear. The celebration, the podcast stage at celebration. Yes. We're going to be on the celebration stage. Oh, my God. Someone, someone on With Twitter. With J.J. Abrams. Someone on Twitter had said that they were like, I think the celebration stage should just be Caitlin and Charlotte asking J.J. questions about episode nine. I die. And I was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine? No, I can't.
0: I really can't. So.
1: I really can't that. either. It just makes me like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's nowhere near even a possibility, but I'm kind of giddy even just thinking about it as an imaginary conversation. Totally. Um Anyway, so those are all our places online. You can find us. And like we said um, at the top of the show, too, if you want to hear me talk about Kaz some more, you can check out our Force Awakens Patreon commentary, commentary
0: on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I also want to thank our amazing patrons, Jason, Kimberly, Amy, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Brian, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Sintara, Thomas, John, Dominic, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpa, Ruru, Patrick, James, Hamsa, from a certain point of view, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kells, Chastity, Alia, Travis, Kate, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Jordan, Molly, Aaron, Scott, Irina, Ira Bell, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, the Clashing Sabres podcast, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Your support really does mean the world.
1: Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the forest be with you.
0: May the forest be with you.